I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You didn't anticipate that someone was just going to pee on stage? I mean, I should have. I should have. You know? Looking Uh, back, you're like, duh. Right, because there's this thing backstage at Stonewall, like, if you're going to pee on stage, please be into a bucket. Um, Golden shower is only into receptacles. (laughs) I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that originally wanted to be a nun, but then realized it was mostly interested in the female bonding and sensible shoes. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Courtney Rada, your co-host. You like the Mo host. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. You did it. <laughs> uh, dumb. <laughs> and today we are diking out with comedian Kelly Dunham about the beautiful butch life. Kelly is a comedian, storyteller, author, former nun, current nurse, and general overachiever, uh, (laughs) by my inference, uh, whose new comedy album, Not the Gym Teacher, comes out February 7th. Uh, She's appeared on Showtime in the Discovery Channel, the Moth Mainstage, the Risk Podcast, and Gotham Storytelling Festival, uh, also nationwide at colleges, prides, fundraisers, and even the occasional livestock auction. How gay. Welcome, Kelly. <laughs> Thank you. So gay. So gay. Also, didn't send enough emails. That was partly, but that was about like, <laughs> did not confirm enough details when you end up at a livestock audition. I'm like, oh, shit. At livestock audition. Mm. 
That not audition. Oh, that'd be great. Audition. A livestock <laughs> audition. And now the cows like, will right, play give the me violin. Sixteen bars. <laughs> oh, can you imagine a monologue like a dramatic monologue done by a cow? That would be terrible. I would pay for that. Yeah. I, would I would pay to see that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. More they would so probably than... tell, just tell the cow to come back, and they're looking for something different, a different look. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing I'm bitter at anything. Oh man, what a great resume. <laughs> Before we get into the nun stuff and much more, I do have a few announcements for our Susans. Our next show at Stonewall is Monday, February 24th, featuring some of my favorite comedians, including Carrie Caudette, Anna Dresden, Pamela Ross, Rita Brent, Jay McBride, and a Diking Out favorite, Kendall Payne. We have a stacked lineup for the next show, so please come out to that. And you can go to our website, deckingout.com slash events for a link to tickets. And at uh, our last show that happened this past Monday, we had a unannounced performance by Labia Rogers. And for our listeners who listened to our Dungeons and Dragons episode with Mindy Raff as co-host, Mindy was talking about her alter ego from years ago that she would perform around New York as this queer folk singer vegan activist <laughs> feminist named labia rogers and she resurrected her for our stonewall show and courtney was there i was there What'd and it was labia spreading her spreading her labes all yes. over the it spreading was labes. <laughs> her labes and her tunes it was very funny were you like what's going on when she first came out yeah also yeah. <laughs> i had seen her walk past with a, a glass of water and like that crazy hair and i yes. was like oh this woman is lost. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And then I saw her walk past again and then with a guitar and I was like, something's happening. Something <laughs> is about to go down. See, um, I, I would see someone like that at Stonewall and be like, this is exactly where they belong. Like, yeah, I basically was like, ma'am, take your seat. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, she shows up everywhere with the guitar. That guitar never leaves her side. I used yeah. to do this, uh, this one open mic with this comedian who... Also had an interesting uh, aesthetic and would bring a guitar on stage every time, but never play it or uh, never take uh. it out. And that was just... Oh, just in the case? Yeah, it was like a lot of tension. You're like, when's she going to play it? Oh and then God. she never does. It just goes on and off the stage. And I think she just didn't want people to steal it. Oh, I that makes that sense. Was... I have taken my backpack on stage at shows before. Yeah? Yes, yeah. yeah. At a Pride event I once did. Yeah. Can't trust the gays. Well, it was like a very crystal methy pride, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where was this pride? <laughs> I don't want to say. Okay. Outside of <laughs> outside of cattle auction. <laughs> was, I was like, I feel like I was there. Okay. <laughs> also, now I can officially announce that I will be in Anchorage, as I mentioned, for a festival. I'll be a featured performer in the Alaska Before You Die Comedy Festival. I wasn't allowed to say the name before, but now it's the news is out, April 1st through 5th. And I'm going to be recording a live episode of Diking Out on Saturday, April 4th. So all of our Alaskan listeners, I should just say <laughs> Anchorage proximity because Alaska's huge. Yeah. That would be unreasonable for me to ask everybody in Alaska hey, to make but, it down there because it's like... Because they need a helicopter too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of land to cover there. So, <laughs> you know, if you can make it. I guess if you're Canadian, that's kind of close. Hmm. too. Yeah. Well, make, it a, make an adventure Russian, out of it. Russian even. Russian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, just a, a little... <laughs> A little rowboat ride from, 
from Russia. It really is close, though. I can see Russia from my house. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so. I do hope Sarah Palin shows up. That'd be amazing. Uh, I do know she supports comedy. So, <laughs> and lastly, uh, a while back we had an episode about Emily Dickinson with Madeline Olnek, who is a filmmaker. And a lot of you asked how you could see her movie Wild Nights with Emily because it had a limited theatrical distribution on February 11th. It actually comes out on all streaming platforms. So Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play, Voodoo, Fandango, whatever. You can get it and stream it and buy it or rent it or something. And Madeline put it this way. It's the perfect Valentine's date movie for the unsatisfied feminist. Mm. So I loved it. I, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. 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 I love that movie. It's yeah. so good. And uh, right now there's a series on Apple TV called Dickinson that also follows the truth that Emily Dickinson <laughs> was a lesbian and not like a, a shut-in spinster. A uh, polyamorous lesbian, clearly, too. Yeah. yeah. Hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like her as a teenager. I haven't seen any of it yet, but I've heard really good things about it. I just don't have Apple TV. But if you are watching Dickinson and you like that, this makes a great companion movie cool. to that. And it has Molly Shannon in it. and Lisa Haas, who's great. from New York City. Lisa Haas, yeah, yes. Yeah. Lisa's very funny. It was a nice surprised to see her yeah like one of the funniest lines in the yeah in the movie i think yeah so yeah um how's everyone doing courtney i know you had a exceptionally gay day you mentioned to me earlier. So oh, I just wanna... like gay day. Yes. yes. I actually read that on the notes and I was like, I wonder what gay day she's talking about. But then I realized every day is gay. But today yeah. felt exceptionally like embodying the queer experience right. for you. I had text Carolyn to be like, remind me of my super gay day. And then you just did. And I totally forgot. Uh, so <laughs> I need a, a cute little like suit for like a Valentine's Day party. And I saw on social media that my ex-girlfriend or her new girlfriend has this like cute pink suit. And I'm like, we might be the same size. So I asked her, I was like, hey, I was like, what size is that suit? It's really cute. Where'd she get it? And then she told me and I was like, she was like, you're welcome to borrow it if you want it sometime. And I was like, okay. So I went to my ex-girlfriend's house this morning to get a suit from her new girlfriend. And then she showed me pictures of her cats and cried about it. And I was like, wow, this is like... The gayest day. Like, if you were going to do an SNL skit about being gay, people would be like, that's not even realistic. Yeah. Yeah, You've gone too far. There's too many (laughs) tropes in this. Yeah. I, like, hugged her goodbye and was like, oh, wow, that was real gay. Whoa, Mm. cool. (laughs) I'm assuming you're going to this Valentine's Day thing with your new girlfriend? I am. Yeah. She's, I'm just trying to look cute. She's, like, pulling a whole, like, drag vagina look. All right. Doing a strip tease. Is there a theme to It's it's I think it's like Valentine's Day. It's like uh, um yeah, so I was like, "Oh, I'm going to look cute in a pink suit or some sort of suit situation. We'll right, see." Right. I don't know. She's yeah. just super hot. I'm trying to look <laughs> <laughs> decent next to her. Yeah. We're a big fan of Suits on this podcast. Suits so. and ex-girlfriends, girlfriends. Yeah. Suits, too, of course. Yeah, all yeah. those things. Do do what you have to to get your hands on a suit that fits because it can be really expensive to yeah. get like a tailored suit. I had a bunch of people who were telling me about their experience like getting a custom like bespoke suit made for for them and it sounds really awesome but it's also woo, it comes at a price yeah right yeah. and everything you do is like oh okay it turns out i have hips oh it's another 150 dollars yeah. yeah 
Yeah. And then you have to make a lot of decisions and I can't do that. So I feel like it's easier just deciding to be cordial with your ex. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was the, that was the goal for me. I was like, whoa, I just saved like 500 bucks. Nice. (laughs) How long have they been together? Like, I think like five years and some change. So they've been together for a while. Oh, okay. I thought this was like your most recent ex. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. no. It's another ex. Of course, you have a collection of exes that you're on good terms with. I Uh, do. I like to be (laughs) friends with everyone. Of course Mm. you do. Yeah. (laughs) Very embarrassing. No, it's very relatable. Mm. Good. Because my next question, I thought it was like your most recent X and then I was gonna say like what if they broke up between you borrowing the suit and Valentine's Oh my god. Then that just adds a whole layer to it. That would be a a whole other layer. And then then I would cry to you about something else next time we see you. I know. I'd be like, I have to go find where this new this girl lives now. And then, you know, there'd be probably another cat to look at. What why was she crying about the cat? She loved it so much. Oh no. No. It's alive. Whoa, she's crying about her live cat. Wow. Her live cat that she loved so much. She was like, oh, it's just the best. Does the cat, like, do her taxes? No. Or, no? It just it was hiding under the couch. And so oh. she showed me, like... Very unusual cat behavior. <laughs> she literally... She loved it so much that she was just uh, crying about it. And that was it. Yeah. Doesn't do... Didn't do anything else except be a cat. She's also allergic to them. I was like... for. Forgive me if I, I had this incorrectly, but you're, aren't you allergic to cats? And she was like, yeah, I get shots every month. Yeah. You know, that should be covered. If you are a, a queer, you know, a queer person in general, yeah. your health insurance should cover shots for that. Because it's really like a social... It's a it's, requirement. Yeah. It's yeah. really... Yeah. It can it's really homophobic your of your body to mm-hmm, have you exactly. be allergic to cats. Yeah. And that should be covered by insurance. My wife, when she was in her last relationship, her ex-wife had a cat. And uh, Cecilia loved it so much, but was very allergic to it. Mm. And her whole Instagram feed. And one of the reasons why I thought we weren't compatible was like every picture was just like her with the cat, like wrapped around her neck, basically. Like she was obsessed with the cat and slept with the cat. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can be with a cat person. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. I'm cool with like sharing my life with a person, but not with a cat. And that really narrows down the dating pool for me. For when I've been single, it's just I I can't I can't do it. Mm, can't yeah, do cats. I'm more of a dog person, to be honest. Yeah, I love dogs. Yeah, I've like cat sit before for my ex. Anyway, so that's another thing, of course. Uh, if anyone's looking for a cat sitter, uh, <laughs> but I've like cat sit for her, and like I'll walk into the apartment and be like, "What's up, cat?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's like not." I'm like, "Come here, boy!" And I'm like, "Oh, you don't do that. Cats just look at you like you're nuts." Yeah, also, they're like, you sit down, I'll come to you. Yeah. 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 If you want a cat to be up in your business, just be like, I hope this cat doesn't come near me. And then guaranteed it will come up and just start putting its paws on your boobs. And, Senses your fear. Yeah. Just lets all the hair out on you. And I heard then, you just got to go like. Pss, pss, pss. Uh, you know, what's also gay, which I mentioned in the intro, is that uh, you used to be a nun, and I'm fascinated by this, and we've never talked about this, Kelly, and as a former Catholic, and before I knew I was gay, I also wanted to be a nun, hmm. and my mom was like... <gasps> really? I did not know that. I thought this was a common thing. So you never wanted to be a nun, Courtney, because you also grew up Catholic. I did grow up Catholic. I never wanted to be nun. None? I never I wanted none none. I never none. wanted to be a nun. Yeah. I just knew I didn't want to have sex with men, but I also knew I didn't want to marry Jesus. 
You know, isn't that what like a nun is? I get, see. Mm-hmm. I never saw it as marrying Jesus. I just watched Sister Act and was like, "What? I'll, I'll, I'll have a more yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I had a crush on the the young nun. Oh yeah, Sister Mary a, Clarence. Ma- yes. No, no, Mary no, Roberts. No. Mary Roberts. Yes. Sister Mary Roberts. Yeah, yeah, Mary Clarence was Whoopi. But yeah, Mary Roberts. Yeah, the postulate. Exactly. I had a, a big crush on her and was just like very drawn to it and was like, what a great life mm. being a nun. You don't have to worry about anything. You just get to, you know, you have a place to to sleep and, and eat and you got your friends are built in and you're doing good stuff and you get a one way ticket to heaven and it's everything's great. Uh, so was it like that? That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. yeah perfectly. You're yeah. Just per- in fact, it was exactly like sister. You're just like yeah. braiding yeah, each other's thing. hair. Exactly. Like gardening. we went to Vegas. Yeah. Excuse me. Have you seen a nun, a Carmelite nun? Yeah. It's my favorite uh, movie line of all time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's exactly like that. Well, I mean, there is something, I mean, there was this moment of uh, when I was a nun, when it was like clearly falling apart, but I was standing like at night before we went to bed, we'd all stand around a statue of Mary and sing and it would be in the candlelight. And I'm looking at all the like sisters faces with the candlelight reflected. And I was like, oh my God, I get to spend the rest of my life with these beautiful women. And then it occurred to me, maybe that's not what everyone else is thinking. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's yeah. not in the middle of this prayer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you have like any inkling that you were gay when you were like going through it or was it like being a nun made you realize like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know either one. I mean, to yeah. me, it's so obvious. Like when I came out to my brother, he was like, wait, what? Why are you even telling me this? Like, you yeah, know, everyone. I was one of those kids that everyone knew. Yeah. And I was always like kind of like a little masculine, a little butch kid, but it just never I don't think I actually even heard the word lesbian probably until I was 13 or 14. You know, yeah, I grew up yeah. in Wisconsin. And and so it just didn't, not only did it seem like not something I could be, it didn't seem like a thing that exists. Yeah. So um, I definitely had crushes on girls and tons of crushes. Like my, you know, I went to Bible college for a while, which was, you know, a terrible idea. And uh, we used to give each other, like I was on the volleyball team, we gave each other back ribs in the dark, which now <gasps> in retrospect, we were like, Why that in was the dark? in the dark, because it was better that way. I don't know, it's more relaxing. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let me just turn off the lights and yeah, exactly. take off all my clothes. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in retrospect, that seems <clears throat> extremely gay. But um, when I met the Missionaries of Charity, I was working in Haiti, and um, it was like they're in the middle of essentially a civil war, and uh, the school where I was working closed down. So an American dentist was there. I was like, hey, you want to go to the home for the dying? And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. You know, I, th- <laughs> I think I would enjoy the home for the dying. And I walked in and it was like all these, it was just like overrun with nuns. It was just, and all the missionaries of charity, they're mostly young too, right? So this like sister who's maybe five foot tall, she's carrying a 60 pound bag of concrete on one shoulder. Oh. And then she's like, oh, sister, Jesus must have known we needed you. And then she like slid the bag of po- uh, concrete down her shoulder up into her other shoulder so she could take my hand to show me what our next task was going to be. You know, like it's kind of an like I don't I feel like a straight woman would fall in love with that. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll say it wasn't like one nun. It was like all of them, you yeah. know, that I was in love with. So I've seen the movie Doubt like four times. Oh my god! I think I'm still not over my nun thing. I'm like, this is still my plan B in life is to become you know, a nun. My girlfriend always says, if you can't find Kelly, just go. Like, definitely it could be convent. And I still have dreams even now. In the last six months, I had a dream that I went into a coffee shop 
and it turned out to be a convent. And then I was like too polite to leave, you know? So you ah. just stayed forever? I just stayed, yeah. You had a dream yeah. about yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, I was a nun in New York. So like I occasionally run into the missionaries of charity. You know, it's not so far sure. from... You know, I mean, it's pretty far from my life, but like when people are like, well, how do you get to be from a, you know, a nun to like lesbian nurse comic? And I was like, that's not even a right turn. That's like a straight ahead. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like nobody. Obviously yeah. one Obviously. led to the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Clearly. I mean, the other, only other group sister, like the person who joined with me that I still have contact with, I mean, who also left, is also a lesbian nurse. I mean, I'm not exactly <sighs> lesbian, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Do the the nuns come to your shows? Never, but. My friend, actually, she was, I was doing a show in Ann Arbor in, you know, it's a very, it's a very gay venue, a a co-housing common room, uh, which is a great place to do comedy. It's like totally bright. No, you know, I was like performing next to a a high chair. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I put my notes on a high chair. And I see somebody come in the back and I'm like, wow, that person looks really familiar, but I can't place her. Is that like, is maybe she in my fan? Like, is that somebody like a cousin of a cousin or something. And then she comes up at the end. I'm like, holy shit, it's Sister Carmel. So that was the only, that's the closest to yeah, uh, an actual oh, cool. nun coming, a former nun, somebody who's a nun with me. Wow. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Did you like wearing the outfit? So the outfit was super complicated, right? Because, so the missionaries of charity wear, it's designed on the Indian sari. So uh-huh. when we got our, you know, our get-ups, um, it's basically like, it's kind of like a long t-shirt. Awesome. Like Work. long t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And then there's like 150 yards of fabric that oh you're supposed God. to be able to like wrap around yourself and then kind of put over your head. Uh, and then yeah, if yeah. you don't do it exactly right, there's a lot of panic at the end of it. I, I can mean, barely do a belted jacket. So this would yes, be, it would be maybe a disaster. Not, I can't even so do that towel twist on like my head after the yeah. shower. Really, yeah. So <laughs> very similar. And also because we all slept in one big room. Also great. Uh, and our beds were really close to each other, like, you know, oh like God. this far, you know, like a foot apart or so. You're just all uh. spooning each other. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just leave enough room for Jesus. <laughs> and everyone, like, so the bell would ring. How many get times to get up? I think it was five. And so, like, ding, 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 ding. And by the end of the fifth bell, you're supposed to be on the floor kneeling. And then you do some prayers or whatever. Whoa. And then you had 20 minutes, like, with the prayers, 20 minutes to be at the chapel. So if you're not very experienced... And then also there's somebody right next to you who's also jostling for space. Oh, oh and also um, we had to get dressed under a sheet because mm. I think they were afraid we were going to look at each other. But it was completely dark. And also we were exhausted. Under a sheet? Under a sheet. Like, so you would pull your sheet off your bed and put it over you <gasps> while you got dressed in material that feels very much like a bed sheet. Oh, my God. I would be wearing the sheet the whole. That has happened. Yeah. That has happened. In fact, <laughs> the rumor is that one sister actually pinned her like the other sisters, sorry. When and so they like they went running downstairs and then almost like fell over because they were actually oh wearing God. the same clothes. That's that was a rumor. I, don't, I didn't actually see that myself, but I believe it. Wow, that's everything I really hoped it would be. Yeah, I uh, never even I didn't know that. I I mean, I also you see in the movies like you see like you know the bell and like the the organized prayer and all that. I've never. I'm like, that's it's real. Well, the yeah. thing is, so many American nuns now are like, you know, just have matching shoes and pocketbooks and they're just kind of frumpy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> which, you know, actually those orders that don't have all that structure actually are, you know, literally dying. And the missionaries of charity are growing like, you know, something like 20 or 30 percent every year. Oh, wow. Um, because they do have I, I think it's like, 
Like, if you're just going to wear frumpy clothes and live in an apartment, you don't need to be a nun. Yeah. And so I think, like, the idea, like, the very high ideals of the missionaries of charity that you live, you know, with all the women and that it's, I mean, yeah, that's mine. But, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> that you live in community and you really uh, yeah, observe no. poverty in a very strict way. What's the point it's if more you appeal- exactly. don't get to all dress alike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're still having to pick out what you're going to wear in the morning, yeah. like, why be a nun? It's no, just not that- worth it. That seems like the the perk. I remember my mom would always say, because I would tell her this, I was like, you know, I think I'll like pursue my dreams. And then if if I don't make it, I'll just become a nun. And she'd be like, but then you'd have all those weird nun friends. And I'm like, that what? <laughs> my mom grew up, though, and went to Catholic school. So for her, nuns are like these really mean ladies. Yeah. Mm, right. My yeah. mom went to Catholic and, school, too. She, yeah. And she told me like, horror stories of like her nun teachers who would like hit her on the hand with her ruler yeah, and like right. had a glass eye and like <laughs> <laughs> like really pop out yeah. yeah yeah well also the teaching nuns are kind of different like the missionaries of charity are all like you know carrying concrete and um right. running soup kitchens and also there's all like these radical nuns you know, like Joan Chittister Sister Joan Chittister, I forget what kind of nun she is, but the Vatican has like an inch and a half file on her because she's always doing like these pro-abortion, like, you know, anti-death penalty, all this like uh, social uh, activist work. So like the nun on uh, Orange is the New Black? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, I think yeah. it was like based on... Based on, uh, yeah. yeah. And like the plowshares where like people... And it's often nuns, like they climb over fences to get into places where missiles are and they like, you know... It's from the like the line in scripture, uh, turning the swords into plowshares. I don't know yeah. what a plowshare is. But anyway, like they beat on it and like, you know. This all sounds very butch to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also all the um <laughs> like there's tons of like radical lawyer nuns too. Like when I was doing refugee work in southern Florida, all the toughest, hardest drinking lawyers were nuns. Where's the bar where these nuns <laughs> yeah. go? Wait, I want to hang out with these, these nuns. That's like from bar. Sister Act. If this turns into a nun's bar, I'm out of here. I want to yeah. go to a nun's bar. That'd be awesome. I would. You know yeah, what? You want to hear a hilarious... So, you know, the idiotic emails I get about uh, reality shows. So everyone thinks they want an ex-nun reality show and nobody wants an ex-nun reality show. They just think <laughs> they do. So I got this email from this guy who had also developed something with Screech from Saved by the Bell oh, where no. he was like Diamond? teaching him how to be boxing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so they're like, okay, so get this, get this. Okay, so get this idea. You're going to open up a bar in New York. Oh God. All staffed by ex-nuns and it's going to be called Get This, Get This, Bar Nun. And I was like, first of all, you don't want me. Like, I never drink. You know what I mean? I'm not in recovery, but I, like, never drink. And I was like, you want a bunch of, like, people who just left the convent to run a bar? All they're going to do is give everything away for free and cry. I can guarantee you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, yeah, take this fucking meeting. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, that sounds... Like something I would totally watch. Yeah. <laughs> People like, would watch it. It getting, just could never happen. Like I was yeah. like, you guys are not being realistic about this. Were yeah. were people like not actually because in in Sister Act they like aren't able to leave like the convent and like it's like very frowned upon. Is that like a thing? Like are they not able I mean, to leave the convent? Many sisters like live on their own. You know, like live in an apartment. Right. Um, but like the mission is a charity. No, you didn't do anything on your own. Every in fact, you had to be two at all times like you could never go anywhere by yourself the only thing that you would like leave the convent for was like for sometimes we'd go to church outside of the convent or you'd go visiting or like if you were going to work at another soup kitchen i was really excited when i was a nun because i got to this other sister had tb and i get to i got to go with her to harlem hospital (gasps) for tb treatment and it was like oh i got to look at like all the different like public health ads and you know that was very exciting well now that sounds less exciting i know (laughs) that's your idea of a fun time did you ever suspect that any of the nuns were like doing it 
So, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because a lot of the... Uh, Doing what? That, <laughs> that would be me just totally shipping all, all the nuns together and being like, I bet. Yeah, I mean, we'd be like, Carolyn, get out of her sheet. Like, <laughs> she's changing. They, they say they're going for TV treatments together, but really they're just giving each other massages in the dark. Oh God. <laughs> well, the thing is, so, uh, I mean, part of the two-by-two two rule is, right, like, somehow you can send more by yourself, but, you know, hmm. So definitely, I mean, I don't think they would have the over the sheet, over the dressing underneath the sheet rule unless they thought they needed it, right? Yeah. Ooh, um, so definitely. probably started it. Yeah, just, exactly. It's like, you know, when you go up to, when you go like to a spa and it says no breath holding contest, you're like, oh, somebody had a breath holding contest here. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if there's a rule why you can't, you have to dress under a sheet, there's a reason for you that. You know what I'm someone did it. Yeah, I'm picturing that. Everybody uh, was just like changing, and then there was one nun under a sheet, and everyone's like, "What are you doing under there?" <laughs> just, like peeping out, <laughs> masturbating. That's what yeah. I was getting at. Okay, anyway, <laughs> poor nun. I'm sorry, nuns. You're wonderful people and doing a great service to the world. <laughs> and I am just being uh, just a dirty mind, disappointing God, <laughs> just disappointing God in every way. Ah, well. Sorry, I'm just thinking about the sheets. (laughs) I know, I was like, wait, under the sheet? I still can't get, I I, I really don't think I would be able to do it. I would be under my, my, what outfit would I was supposed to wear and then the sheet (laughs) would be wrapped around me and I'd be like, toga party, woo. Yeah, I have trouble getting dressed. It's a a lot of pressure. Without a sheet on me. And I walk out with like my shirt inside out. (laughs) And I bet you turn your light on. Yeah. And I bet you have a mirror. Yeah. Am I crazy though? Like I don't like changing in front of like anyone I'm sleeping with. I feel a little like I don't mind being naked like when we're having sex, but like for some reason I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I don't yeah. like like taking off my clothes or like putting clothes on in front of someone else. Huh. Well, it's not the sexiest thing actually. Right. Like if it's you're like not actually function. stripping, it's kind of like, yeah, like like you don't actually want to pee in front of them. Like for me, I don't still like we've been together 3 years. I don't pee in front of my girlfriend. It doesn't yeah. even necessary. I don't it's weird. I don't I I don't my girlfriend pees in front of me. I don't really mind like I don't really pee in front of her, but like started not caring. But yeah. like there's something about changing that I'm like I can't. And she's like I see it all the time. Like I I I see you naked. And I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't know. Put my jeans on. Maybe you want more of the mystery or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now I'm yeah. going to try the sheet, though. See how, <laughs> see how the, if that makes things a lot yeah, more normal. And also, like, the elevation of making <laughs> such a big normal. deal about it, of course, makes everyone, like, if we hadn't been so tired, of course, we'd be, like, constantly horny, you know? Like, yeah. like don't think about sex with women. Don't think about sex with women. Don't think about sex with women. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, well, now I'm thinking about sex with women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It says it, no breath-holding contest, and don't think about sex with women. <laughs> well, let's talk about about being butch. Let's. So you mentioned that when you were a kid that you were always kind of on the butch side, or like were you more of a tomboy? I feel like so many queer women were tomboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So there's not really an equivalent of, you think about tomboys for girls. That's not... It's not actually the worst name to be called. Like, it's like, oh, she's a tomboy. You know, it's not. Right. But if you think, what's the equivalent for cis dudes who are 
effeminatish children. You know, there's not any like, oh, funny, like, oh, he's a sissy, he, he, he. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, yeah, only yeah. kind of mean things. Yeah. Which I think is, that's just kind of interesting. But definitely, I mean, I remember I even had like in fourth grade, you know, like these three boys who like called me around and like trying to hurt my friends or hurt my feelings. They're like, you're a tomboy, you're a tomboy. And then I asked for Christmas. I asked for a t-shirt that said tomboy and proud. And then I wore it and then they stopped teasing me because they're like, this is never going to work. Oh, what so, a great cool. strategy. I, yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't it. know it was a strategy at the time. I was just like, oh, I think that's true. It. Yeah. And then they're just like, what are we doing now? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. She, she actually knows. likes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this, we will have to find something else for tease you about. I never saw tomboy be being seen as a negative no, thing, right? I didn't experience yeah. that even when I used to uh I mean definitely like at one point I just wanted to be Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> like that was my goal. And, and then, probably looked like him for a certain period of your dictum, right? I would try yeah, yeah. I would have like bangs and kind of like br- brush him over and like <gasps> wanted to I don't know, I just wanted to look like a boy. I wore like a lot of umbros. I had a couple like flannel type or plaid shirts that I would like button all the way to, to the top. <laughs> oh yeah. It seemed like more masculine. More masculine, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I it, it wasn't like a conscious thing that I was like trying to be masculine, but like nobody, I can't remember ever being like made fun of or, or shamed for being that. And like, you're right. It's very different for little boys and, and little girls to be kind of experimenting with their gender expression. Right. And that's probably misogyny, right? Like it's okay. Yeah. Of course everyone would want to be a man, but why would a boy want to be a girl? Right. right. <laughs> but then at a certain point you go from being a tomboy as a kid to then if you're a woman that's not, you know, expressing yourself in a conventionally feminine way, then you start being called butch, which at least when you're younger seems to have like this negative right. connotation, yeah, yeah. which I would also, I'd love to hear your opinion. Like, do you think that's changing? Cause I, I feel like I notice like a lot of people being a lot more proud of like wearing butch as a badge, as a label, that there's a lot of pride in it, that it's like cool to be butch it's badass to be butch or is that a product of like as you get older (laughs) you own it more but it's still like you know if you're 16 you still don't want somebody (laughs) saying you're butch is it the version of wearing like the (laughs) t-shirt yeah right yeah right yeah Yeah. i don't know i mean i guess there's kids i mean i feel like so many kids now embrace like kind of non-binary as an identity Right. right but for a kid who maybe wasn't really like oh i'm non-binary but somebody's just like oh you're butch you know yeah I don't know. I mean, I was thinking of my mom when she came to visit me. Like, she had never really been around my friends. And it was actually the first time she saw me perform, which was also at the Stonewall. It was kind of amazing. Oh, Um, awesome. Yeah, I was opening for Lenny Breedlove. Have you ever seen Lenny Breedlove perform? No. Yeah, so Lenny did this performance art where they peed into a can on stage at the Stonewall. And my mom was on the front row. And I was like, oh, "Oh my God, Lenny Breedlove and my mom are having a golden shower scene right now. Oh, my God. Wow. Anyway, so that was like, I mean. (laughs) Was your mom like in the splash zone or was she all right? (laughs) She was just like, and I was like, somebody's got to go get my mom. (laughs) Yeah, I hope that was well rehearsed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was great. I had like, you know, I had all like the triple layers of friends. I like friends I knew my mom would like. Right, right. And I also didn't think that was necessarily going to happen. Anyway, so... The next day, like she had, like so you she didn't was, anticipate that someone mm-hmm. was just going to pee on stage. <laughs> I mean, I should have, I should have, yeah. you know. Looking uh, back, you're like, duh, <laughs> right? Because there's this thing backstage at Stonewall, like if you're going to pee on stage, please be into a bucket. <laughs> um, golden shower is only into receptacles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she was totally. I really appreciate. It. She was like super. Super chill with everyone, like very friendly. One of my friends showed her around the 
you know, showed around the stall somebody who was actually one of the original survivors. And my mom said, oh, this is almost like being shown around Buckingham Palace by the Queen. And my friend was like, ma'am, it is exactly like being shown yes. around Buckingham Palace by the Queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she was so great. She was really great. And she was like, you know, when I came out to her, it was not easy for her. So yeah. she was totally great. But the next day, oh, the questions she had the next day, you know. So she's like, so, because it's always been mystifying to my mom that I have, like, she doesn't know, like, sexual and social capital, right? Like, that's not her discussion terms. Right. But she's like, you know, she's like, so, Kelly, um, in your subculture, and I was like, I didn't even know my mom knew the word subculture. She's like, <laughs> in your subculture, are you considered attractive? And I was like, yes, mom. Like, in my <laughs> yeah. subculture, there are some women who want I am cleaning nothing up. more. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, because she, like, sees women that I'm with, and yeah. to her, like, they're like, oh, but you're, she thinks I'm ugly, and she thinks they're pretty, right? By like the estimations of whatever dominant culture. And so it's just like mystifying to her. And I'm like, no, mom, this is a thing. This is a thing. This is a look. Yeah, people you know? want yeah. this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So that's been kind of interesting watching kind of like that evolution. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a coworker who came to a show when I was first performing in Philadelphia, a straight coworker. And then later she was like, so Kelly, what I don't understand is like, why was there always an ugly sister with a pretty sister? So she met a butch and a femme together. Oh. So, but also, this is me. This is what I look like. And I was <laughs> like, like, so you wait. literally just called me ugly, right? You know you just called me ugly, you what? know? Wait, what? No. <laughs> it was 90s. It was 90s. No, it was probably 2002, 2003. But she was uh, trying to understand, but... Well, like, I know a question that I would get a lot, and especially from older people, and it's like, well, if lesbians like women, <laughs> why are they trying to look like men, right? We've yeah. all, I think, have heard this and yeah, have, like, feel this question, and it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> But people don't seem to understand the butch aesthetic, even though that's been, like... The cornerstone of the lesbian community since, you know, that's been like the only visible lesbians were were butch, right? Right. Before we had like more representation in media, like that was the the only example you could look at. Yeah. 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 And and that's what led to like a lot of gay stereotypes were more based on butch stereotypes because that's more you're using what people could see. Could see. Right. Yeah. 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 It's so weird though that straight people have like such a hard time (laughs) understanding like that different people are attractive to like different aesthetics and that's just part of it right like it does seem like well you know that there's like kind of something for someone for everybody right so why would you be so surprised that there would be somebody who you know like people like some people really want like very very pale skinned people you know i mean like so yeah. Why wouldn't you think that somebody could also want to be with some, uh, like a person assigned female at birth who was more masculine? You and, know, you know, some men have like longer hair or wear like <laughs> soft sweaters, <laughs> and nobody's questioning, you know, other than dunking on man buns, which right. I like a man bun, but mm. it's probably because I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, I love like, a man bun. Yes, tie it up. Let me squint and pretend you're, yeah, you're, like, you're cute. <laughs> Are you a woman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could pretend. Yeah. I also feel like the butch lesbian was like the first version of a lesbian that was like out and proud and willing to be someone different and someone that could be stereotyped off the bat as a woman who liked women. But did they have any choice? You know, right? right. When like people were... if, if you're going through through life with a with a butch appearance, and then people are like 
explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I'm a butch dyke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and there was also like kind of earlier representations of butch and also like kind of that what butch meant is that you were also partnered with a femme person. Right. right? And so there were actual couples that could kind of pass as straight couples like sure. aesthetically, you yeah. know, which even I have that happen sometimes on the subway now, like if I'm with my girlfriend, like if people just take a quick look and I don't know, I have a humongous boobs, but, you know, they can just either think, you know, that like we're a heterosexual cisgendered couple or I mean, sometimes that I'm her, you know, like she's, I'm her son and she's taking me back, back to school after a dental appointment. <laughs> oh but, <my> God. You <laughs> know. <laughs> just reminded of a favorite topic of mine that uh, Courtney knows a lot about is hmm. uh, Ann Lister. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ann Lister so, and the pubes. Ann Lister and the pubes. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if, if you know, we've discussed this at length on a previous episode that Ann Lister had um, lockets full of her lover's pubes. No, I did not know she that part. She had a collection yeah. of pube lockets. And uh, it's interesting, though, because that show, Gentleman Jack, right. she is presented as like the like definition of butch. And it's like so different kind of than what we know to be a butch aesthetic that was like as butch as i guess i don't know historically as you were allowed to be back then they were willing to go well and also because so much like if you look at uh whatever her but i forget her lover's name but um i think it was also Anne. i think there were yeah that's Anne's, right because yeah. it, so, so if gay. you look at what she was wearing like with the puff sleeves that are like sure, five sure, sure. feet high like right. it was so ultra like feminine and you know in that certain way that certain aesthetic and super frilly and everything, right. you know, the fact that she wore the boots especially was, you know, and also if you kind of squint, you're like, okay, I can understand. And like even the way she walked and, yeah, uh, yeah I find that whole thing like really, really fascinating. And it was so weird to me because when I, actually when I was watching it, I was like, why does this, you know, cause like there's so much, you know, lesbians on mainstream, like that just doesn't, I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem emotionally true to me. That doesn't seem anything, but like the, the like love affair between the two of them was so emotionally real to me. And then I realized, Oh, it reminds me of being in the convent, you know? Cause it was like uh, all yeah. this like heightened sexual awareness at, because you're like trying to push it down and so secretive. Yeah. And also all the clothes. I mean, it was really like, I was like, Oh, oh. when people asked, I was like, Oh no, that's convent sex right there. Yeah. yeah. And the religious element of right? it. Yes. Because that's yeah. a big thing in the show too, is that they're, they're both like, still very religious and uh and Lister found a way to kind of marry her feelings and being like why would god make me this way if if it was wrong and, yeah that's you that's know some fucking good self-esteem right there right good fucking <laughs> self-esteem you know when we talk about butch women being like very identifiable in in society and that you can most times when you see a, a butch woman you could peg them and be like oh they're queer for the most part or they're queer and they don't know it yet right, <laughs> right, right. and or they could be a housewife from Iowa sometimes or, a right wife. right oh, they yeah. could be a farmhand <laughs> if you will the yeah. mom on Rugrats uh Phil, oh my god was it Phil and Lil's mom she's, oh yeah, yeah yeah she's like a midwestern dyke for sure <laughs> she was for sure she was a, a big old les yeah, yeah 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 love it but I remember being, you know, always being more femme and having trouble yeah. signaling and being like, oh, <laughs> I had always assumed that people who are more butch presenting, that was just like how they saw themselves and how they were more comfortable. And that's the way that they felt like best in their their bodies, like having short hair and, and all of that. But then I'm like. Do they do that just to sig signal? <laughs> like, right. should I be cutting my hair? Do I need to, like, shave off chunks of my hair? Will that get me more women attracted to me? I mean, 
I think what it helps probably would be my guess is like the casual encounters, right? Right. Um, the like obviously, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, every um, femme identified like partner that I've had has a university ID where they had short hair. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like it seems like a little bit of some people are like, oh, okay, I need to do an androgynous an stage, and then like I think when people maybe I don't know if it's feel secure, then maybe they can kind of come more into their own like feminine identity. Mm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. So. Yeah, I remember like when I when I was single um, and like first came out and was first single, I felt the need to like be able to like butch it up a little bit because I was like, now women will know I'm into them, you know? Right, right. I started wearing vests. Yeah, Ooh, so, yeah. Just to be, so like, much flannel, clear. vests, yeah. socks. I still wear them, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like butch, but I'm also not like a full lipstick lesbian. So we say chapstick lesbian. Mm, That's yes. about where I'm at, which yeah. is great. That's um, accurate. <laughs> have you seen um, the musical Fun Home? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's like my favorite, yeah. like when she sings Ring of Keys about like the first time she's ever seen a butch yes. lesbian. Yeah. 
And she has that like epiphany of like, oh, you are everything I want to be. You are different. Yeah. You're like me. And she's like, I feel weird for saying it because mm. I'm nothing like you, but I want to be. And I'm like, yeah. love that. Yeah. It's that, that is so beautiful. I saw that on, I saw it when it was in previews at the, the public, the public. Mm-hmm. No, before it was on Broadway and it was at yes. the public. Right. Yeah. So I saw that. I think I even saw it in previews and everyone was crying during that song. Everyone right. was crying. And what was really kind of startling is, so I saw it then in previews and when she sang the line, why can't everyone else see how beautiful, no yeah. handsome, like, Everyone started crying. You all, oh my god, me too. Over my, I have chills right now. Yeah, remembering but that when, so hard. when it was on, I saw it on Broadway, like when it was doing really well. Like uh, somebody who was voting for the Tonys took me with her, right? Like oh, as course. a favor. That yeah. was like a plus. I was her plus one, which was lovely. Oh um, I, we sat right in front of Alan Cummings, <gasps> so it was like a very mainstream crowd, right? And so instead of pe- people laughed at that line. And I was like, this is what happens. This is what happens. We put our culture in front of mainstream audiences. And it was really, it was like very sobering. And also I know like the person who wrote the book for it and all that are very much like, I did not want Butch to be a laugh line, right? Like I didn't want it to be a laugh line. And so, I mean, it was not intended to be a laugh line, but people laughed out loud. Like, oh, that's so funny that a woman could be handsome. And I was like, oh. And it was like one of those things Uh, of like, I feel very secure in myself. I do feel like, you know, like I feel good. And then you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, still. Hmm." I've been, now I don't remember. I don't think it was when I was in the theater because I remember feeling really emotional. And if people were laughing, that would have pissed me off. (laughs) Mm. Oh (laughs) yeah. It was very in this moment. But even, even as uh, a femme lesbian who has mostly like pretty much exclusively dated femme women, the first like lesbian that I remember meeting was this Mm. more butch lesbian and me just being immediately fascinated and like having this admiration for like there is like there's something about this person and it's really awesome and I wish I could be more Mm. like them I can't put my finger on it literally your ring of keys moment yeah 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 yeah. My dad had a, a work friend, I remember, and they came over for dinner, his work friend and her wife, and they were both a little bit, like, rough around the edges. They weren't, like, physical with each other, but I knew that they were together, and I knew that they had a connection, and I remember, I was, like, seven or eight, and I was like, oh, they, I like them. Mm. There's something about yeah. them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Lesbians know. Yeah. They always know, or queer people know. <laughs> Sometimes I think about the different experiences that we have based on the way that we we present in this world, right? So even though we're we're both queer, it's like there are some things that as a femme lesbian you deal with that maybe if you're butch you don't deal with as often and then some some other things like are you constantly aware of things like your personal safety like is there more of like oh people are gonna peg me as this and what if there's like a hateful person around or something like I know I'm very aware of it when I'm with my wife but when I'm walking through the world every day I don't worry about somebody being like get out of my way you dyke you know (laughs) right well, I think there's a couple things, and this is for me personally. I don't know that this is true for every butch person or every kind of like non-binary masculine person, but sure. there is something that I did not even realize, like kind of a privilege of people not seeing me as a woman. Like even if they think I'm a woman, not seeing me as a woman, right? Like I don't ever hardly get, you know, like harassed or even like anybody that. Right. So that's, that's the other side of the, the coin is it's something we talked about before, I think, 
calling it masculine privilege that you get of not having men make you uncomfortable in that kind of way right. or right. like deal with sexual harassment by men at work or right and that yeah. was something like I did not really I don't I'm I guess that's what privilege is right you're like oh yeah I don't even have to worry about that so I didn't yes. worry about it yeah so there's that obviously but the, I would say the biggest thing now like in 2020 is bathroom stuff that's like by far yes, yes. Uh, because you know every other place and also I feel like there is something about like my co-worker my male co-workers like one of the kids actually I work in a high school and one of the kids is like how come when you talk to the woman women you act like a woman and when you talk to the men you act like a man and I was like how come you were watching me so closely and being astute <laughs> <laughs> you have a crush on me or something get out of here <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just like okay of course this kid like totally has me pegged which is true yeah. right like um you know my, I was essentially in some ways socialized by male I'm the youngest of seven kids and my mom was like I don't know what you are but I'm going to raise you like a boy. Hell you know? yeah, Catholic family. <laughs> yeah, she's no just birth like, control. I don't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even fucking know. I mean, she actually said, like, once when there was something about, like, what I was going to wear and not going to wear. She was like, don't you know? She's not, don't you see? She's not a regular girl. Yeah. You know, which is like, you know, pretty revolutionary for 70s parenting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that, like, where I feel like people can, like, relate to me more, like, in a male way or whatever, or however it is that they're choosing to relate. And then... That's more comfortable socially. I did have something not at this current job, but my last job where they were going to do as like self-care day, they were going to do nail art. And I was like, um, mm, I think, you know, I wouldn't mind actually like, you know, if my girlfriend did my nails, it's kind of like, a, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm securing my masculinity. But like I was supposed to do somebody else's nails and I felt like that was going to be a hate crime. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I tried to be like, that's not really my gender. And, you know, like the person completely missed it. And it was so, I mean, I just. I handle it in the least uh, mature way possible, which is I, I just went along with it and then went to the bathroom in the middle. I don't know. Uh, I would. Yeah. That's, not, that's not what I would do now. But uh, I uh, ran away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I think the biggest thing is like, it's a, and sometimes I get hassles, especially when I'm traveling. You know, when I'm like performing out of town and stuff. Um, but bathrooms are by far the biggest, yeah, the biggest problem. Bathrooms and airport security is yes, when people yes. just their minds get blown. Are, are you watching Work in Progress? Yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, the whole uh, bathroom episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was perfect. Yeah, I thought. I mean, it's just exactly like how she has to speak in a higher voice. <laughs> right. to signal Anyone everybody. have a tampon? Yeah. 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 Hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, those are things. I guess. The femme privilege is never, nobody has ever like looked at me weird for being in a bathroom unless right. I make a awful noise or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you okay in there? Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I get, I don't know if I get it, but like, uh, I wish kind of like, even if people are like, okay, well, for whatever reason, I have to, you know, I have to be the bathroom police, just back off, you know? Like, once you've just said, like, no, I belong here, whatever, you know, yeah. just back the fuck off. Like, right. you are not in charge of. You are not in charge of the world. You're not in charge of like, uh, you know, the gender binary. You by yourself do not have to enforce it. You yeah. Know? Which I don't, people get super, super invested. And I have such like a round Midwestern face and, you know, like the privilege of being white and, you know, being like kind of, of a chatty person, I guess, too. Like often I can kind of talk my way out of it. But I've had situations where it's been like, yeah, something's going to happen here. You know, yeah. and also there's like kind of the thing, of, especially if it's a man, like if he like one time. Okay, why did I go to a bathroom at Na a NASCAR race? That's, you know, oh. that's <laughs> my bad. My bad. But hey, man, you, gotta, you had to pee. Yeah, like, I did. Well, I had to pee. Know. I should have gone to. And sometimes I will go to the men's restroom. Like, I'll go to the men's restroom at Penn Station because I sure. always get hassled at Penn Station. Always. Ugh. 
So I was at the bathroom in the NASCAR race, and there's a little girl in there, and then she goes walking out, and he comes, the dude comes running in. So literally, then there was a cis dude in the in the bathroom, Oh, my right? God. And he, like, actually grabs my chest, <gasps> and he's like, you know, blah, blah, I don't even know what he was yelling. And I was like, what are you even thinking you're looking for? What do you think I, like, I am literally just going to the bathroom, oh you my know? God. And I've had that a little bit sometimes even with men where they're, almost like trying to pick a fight with me. And then if they yeah. find out that I'm not a man, then they're like, don't know quite know what to do. But yeah. I don't even know what, like, I was like, oh, well, that's transphobia. Or are you just being, mis- I don't even know what's going on there, you know? So. Yeah. And also yeah. like going to the bathroom, there's nothing, you know, with this whole idea is like, you know, the million moms are always sending something out about how Target, now it's like full of sexual predators. Well, it's like the million moms are the, like, are the weird people hanging out in the Target bathrooms, you yeah. know? Yeah. They're the fucking weirdos. And like, we're taking a shit. We're peeing. It's like not, I mean, I guess for some folks, that's their thing. But I would say in general, this is not sexual for most people. Yeah. So it's so weird. It's just yeah. so strange. Yeah. I'm more worried about, like, the people having hidden cameras in bathrooms. Like, <laughs> let's, let's solve that problem. Yeah. yeah. Instead strange. of making up problems. How has your relationship been with the femme community? Like... I know that I used to find butch women very intimidating when I was younger. <laughs> I've gotten over it. But I used to be like, uh, <laughs> like they're they don't think I'm gay enough. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I wasn't I was I just thought they all hated me. Right. I really thought butch women hated me uh because I wasn't like gay enough or that we were also going after the same women. Oh, like some misogyny thing. Like, oh, I deserve the femme movement, not you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those were those were completely based in nothing but Mm. my own insecurity. Mm. Uh, And I realized that, thank God, very quickly. But yeah, I don't know. Did you ever have experiences? Well, you know, I mean, there is like the common, it's a trope, but it's like where masculine women don't have a lot of other masculine women friends that they're like mostly, you know, that uh, femmes are doing their femme friends are doing all their emotional labor for them. Uh, and that that's a thing, you know, that's definitely a thing. And I actually didn't have a ton of, as I was like kind of coming into butch identity, I'd actually for a while did not have that many butch friends. Yeah. Um, and then a couple things happened. One is I got involved in butch voices, which is like this is conference that happened for the first time 10 years ago in Oakland. Yeah. I kind of was like, I got involved with it and I was like, nobody's going to, fucking come to there's like three butches like nobody's coming to this uh, conference and it totally sold out and there was like six was or seven hundred people amazing. there yeah like, yeah so it was what a great it was amazing have. and also it was very um like truly diverse like it looked like how the butch community actually looks there was yes. uh like half the organizing at least half, maybe three quarters was folks of color and there are people of all different ages and also it was inclusive right of of like if butch is a word that you feel comfortable with then come you know it's not like like that whole board wars of like oh you know trans dudes shouldn't be here and we don't have anything in common with them you know it's just it's a little silly yeah, yeah. So, anyone um, who identifies as butch can identify as butch like there's right no- right and also like there was used to be a thing of like oh there's like the butch and trans are two different things but i feel like well in a certain way if, if you feel like if you're a trans person and you don't feel like butch applies to you then of course it does not yeah, right but also i feel like butch in some ways is i like i don't feel like i'm a cis person you know yeah. like i would say yeah I, I don't really feel like i'm a cis person i mean i guess that's what non-binaries means but anyway so it was super inclusive in that way and really amazing then i just made a lot of 
butch friends, you know? And that was really, that was amazing. And it's folks who really have been so good to me. So I had, and then the thing that happened after that, we organized one in New York City. And there was like, I mean, it was me and five other people that were like kind of the main organizers. And we didn't even have any space. You know, I don't know why we're trying to do a conference in New York City. It's ridiculous. So we (laughs) used the Queers for Economic Justice. They're office space and we just put up cardboard walls to wall off the other workshops. I mean, people should have been really mad at us, but people just wanted to be there. People came from Maine and we were like, no, no, don't come from Maine. It's not that kind of, it's not going to be that great. But yeah. people just, I was there, we sold out. I was there at 6am putting up a cardboard wall oh and somebody rang up and they're like, I want to be the first person on this. On I, I have to be here. You know what I mean? Like people were so, so hungry for it. So that was kind of amazing also organizing it. And even now I'll run into somebody who's like, I was just like a little baby butch. And then I came to that. And then that, you know what I mean? And I was like, we didn't even do anything that nice. I mean, we didn't do anything nice at all. We just made it happen. (laughs) Like it wasn't that great. Um, But people just needed it. But then the other thing is I had a partner who passed away who was very much like pretty much if there was like a chubby, kinky masculine person in America, she had had sex with them. You know what I mean? Like she was, I remember someone when she was dying, like there was this huge box of photos that she went, it was like this, it was like two or three feet high of all her ex-lovers. It was hilarious. Whoa. Uh, Yeah, she was really, she was, it was impressive. And she was, of course, still friends with them. Was she also butch? No, she was a femme okay, person. Okay. Uh, her oh name gosh. was Heather McAllister. She actually started the Fat Bottom Review, which is like one of the first fat burlesque groups in the U.S. So, awesome. uh, yeah. So because she had all these masculine people who she was still friends with, were very helpful when she was sick, and then they kind of just adopted me after she died. And wherever mm. I go on a show, I always like. And oh, 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 also, she left this list, right? It's like this very long list and a, like a yellow legal paper that had been folded. And of the butch um, woman she hadn't slept with yet? <laughs> no, it was a butch woman she had slept with. Oh! It was a list of women she had slept with. Because I was like, what the oh. hell? She didn't tell me about it. I was like, when I was cleaning things out, I'm like, what the hell? Well, Kelly, uh, July 5th, she The dates? Yeah. Uh. So, and I was like, well, that's me. And that's the day we first had sex. So I was like, holy fuck. This is a list of the people she had sex with. It's so the modern pew block it. Hey, I was <laughs> thinking <a> list. <laughs> Yeah, so like I run into somebody at like creating change and they're like a little like shy or weird about me. And I'm like, on my head, I'm like, I know you're on the list. You don't have to act no. so weird. The list but, is in my pocket right yeah, exactly. now. Uh, and it was actually kind of amazing because there was like all these, it was fun like going to meet people and and also people were like who cared about her were very gracious about me that I was with her like in the mm-hmm. last months of her life. And um, and I also tried to keep everyone very involved and you know, and, and took the best care that I could of her. And that has been, like, that's really, really, like, you don't get much of a deeper bond than that, you yeah. know? So that's been really amazing, too. And there's folks who are, like, you know, like, even now, you know, would do anything for me, you yeah. know? So that's, that actually, and then also, like, kind of goes beyond that whole stereotype of, like, butches are, like, you know, men in the way they express their feelings, you mm-hmm. know? And also that, like, it is misogyny to be a masculine person, and always making people who are not masculine do all your emotional labor for you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't even know that that was 
a stereotype <laughs> of butchers making femmes do emotional labor for them. Uh, congratulations. That meant you weren't in a relationship like that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, because there's like, you yeah. know, the whole thing of that, you know, oh, well, we're shut down. So like, you, you know, the person has to dig and figure it out and. You know, I mean, one of my, like, I feel like a very common experience for me is, like, dating a femininely gendered person, and she, like, knows exactly what to do or not do with my tits. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, she had, she's had the manual. She yeah. totally knows. Um, and, and also sometimes expects that I'm going to be more emotional shut down than I am, you yeah, know? Right, because yeah. it's like, oh, no, you don't have to dig. I'm actually just going to tell you what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm not yeah. perfect that way, obviously, but... Um, I mean, no one yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, she's like, oh, you, you're actually, uh, oh, you're going to tell me how you're feeling instead of, like, just pounding on something? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not a cis man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I feel like a lot of times that people can forget that just because you're butch presenting, like, you're... I mean, if you identify as, as a woman that you're you're still a woman with the stereotypes that go with that of like emotional intelligence or maybe you don't want to be always like pigeonholed in this masculine mm. role of like, why do I always have to install the shelf and kill the bugs oh, yeah. and pay Not for that dinner person. Yeah. and all that, that yeah. stuff that a lot of times, especially when women who maybe have never been with other women before and then they start dating a butcher mask woman or or a non-binary person they they like assume lean, yeah. like oh but but you're the man and <laughs> you like know lean into right. those like gender because that's norms. what they're used right. to yeah. right right, right. And and i guess that could fair. be like fun sometimes to play with but sure. you know like sure. when it, you're doing that thing where you're like oh well you know i'm not even gonna pretend like i know how to fix things you know i don't know how to fix things you know? <laughs> i hurt yeah, my I'm, hands so bad doing an Ikea thing. I have blisters all on my hands. So I, I don't, yeah. I am, I am now, I am not butch. That really made it. How did yeah, you get blisters? Yeah. It's just all Allen wrenches. I tried what? really hard. <laughs> to that impress. was just the effort. That's all. That's yeah. All, yeah. You're trying beautiful. to break a record. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, how fast I put this Ikea together. Oh. <laughs> and also because I know ton of uh, femme identified people who are great with tools, you know? So right. like, yeah. yeah. So my best friend from, high school she was a she was a real real butch and her name was Michelle Finkelstein but we just called her Fink and we used to always joke that like whatever she had down there was just called a Fink and that was <laughs> that was it she was like not a peen not a vag it's just a Fink and I'm she was like I am out and I'm proud and she's the reason why I was like oh my god maybe I'm not gay enough you know because she was just very like mm. but she also yeah. cried more than anyone I've ever met yeah. so I was like oh it's sort of like shook those stereotypes for me. Mm. I was like, oh, she's butch, she's badass, but, like, she's still a woman, mm. you know? It's yeah. so funny. I keep saying that I've only dated femme women, but my first girlfriend was definitely butch, and that was, like, why she was my first girlfriend, because it was <laughs> like, this her. is the only gay person. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only gay person here. Oh, Fink so. and I totally hooked up. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I think is interesting with queer butch people is that you know we talk about the this visi high visibility right in in society and that you can be clocked as being queer for a butch aesthetic and then once we started getting lgbtq mm. representation in media it was all femme lesbians so it's like the real life you know, in, in the real world, you see, you're like, oh, that's a lesbian, they're butch. But then on TV, they look nothing like that. And it's yeah. like, who made that decision? 
Oh, why is it not for you know the same thing watching the because it wasn't for us yeah Yeah, exactly like watching the the new well first of all then it's like more pressure i'm like wait weren't we just supposed to be like the voice like if you were like a lesbian you knew you're supposed to be like the voice of social conscience in the room and bring the vegan stuff to potlucks now we have to be fashionable as well like that's too much (laughs) but if you it's interesting because the juxtaposition of watching the trailer for the l word the new l word right I never even recognized that it was queer. And then Work in Progress came on right afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's me, actually. Yeah, that's yes. me. But that's not, I don't, that's nobody I even know. You know, the right. idea that like Shane is, you know, like having a bad haircut doesn't, isn't actually what makes you butch. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Shane's hardly butch. Oh, my yeah. God. She's but then she is supposed haircut. to be the butch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the, because and, it's not for us. Exactly. That's for, it's for heterosexual men to jack off with, too, you know? <laughs> And me sometimes. Yeah. When it's, when it's super hot. <laughs> I mean, see, so as a, as a femme, I was like, hooray, because I had never seen in my day-to-day life, I'm like, I feel like there are three feminine lesbians and yeah, they're right. my ex-girlfriends and I'm going to die alone. <laughs> and then the L word came and I'm like, maybe there's, yeah, there's, there's a, more. There's an there's island more. of them yeah, in Los exactly. Angeles. <laughs> well, the, uh, I think there is, you know, that's right. a real thing too. Yeah. Right. That's a real thing. But, but it's crazy that it really has... Not until like very, very recently have we started seeing butch representation on TV. And even like I remember when Rosie O'Donnell's show went off the air (laughs) and the first thing she did was cut cut her her hair hair. and people freaked out and they're like, no, why, Rosie, you were so beautiful. And it was like the meanest thing. I'm like, yeah. Bitch is just living her best life. Like right. she she's just free. got her money and she's gonna do what she wants to she do. She's free yeah. and she's yeah. doing what she wants to do. But she felt like, you know, yeah. even after she came out, that she yeah. still had to be like presenting in a way that straight people would be comfortable to. with. Yeah. yeah. Relate to. And I hope it would be different now. You know what I mean? Like ten years later it'd be somewhat I, different. I hope it would, but even, you know, my mom who has always been very accepting of me being gay is I can tell and I hate it that she's relieved that I'm femme mm. and that I date femme women. Even the mere floating of me cutting my hair mm. She freaks out and she says, you're not that kind of lesbian. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And it it sucks. Like, I'm like, why? And I tried. And then she's like, no, I'm not saying. I'm like, what are you saying? And I'd really try to press her on it. And she she won't just say what I know it is, Mm. that you have this prejudice against butch women. And you think that being butch isn't bad when like. But why? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. My mom's getting married and she's like, well, everyone's picking out their dresses for the wedding. So you're probably not going to wear a dress, right? And I'm like, no, I won't be wearing a dress. I might wear like a cute little romper situation, maybe like a pantsuit with a heel situation, but I won't be wearing a dress. And she's like, because you're gay. And I'm like, yeah, mom, because I'm gay. No, mom, because I don't want to fucking wear a dress. <laughs> no matter how much I might want to air out my badge, like, I don't want to wear a dress. I just don't feel comfortable in it. Right. Isn't it crazy, too, that, you know, I feel like the only people I know who wear suits at weddings for the most part are either, like, over the age of 65 or they're <laughs> queer. Yeah. And, like, if you're yeah. not a man. Right. right and, like, yeah. those are the only acceptable Yeah, I'm like, Grammy can wear a suit. To... Why can't yeah, I? Exactly. Fuck this. Exactly. Like, we're finally getting to a point where brides are, like, being more considerate of their bridesmaids who aren't that feminine. 
and letting them wear suits instead of wearing mm. wearing dresses. Right. But why can't that be extended to the other bridesmaids who who aren't queer? Like why? Mm. You know, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. She was like, I guess I'll just send you a swatch. And I'm like, okay, a passive aggressive <laughs> swatch of a fabric to get my pantsuit in. I, don't, I mean, I feel like the whole bridesmaid thing is such a, there's a couple of uh, straight cis women at work who are so like between 25 and 35. All they do is go to weddings and it's yeah. expensive and I feel oh. bad for them. Yeah. Like if it's not something you actually enjoy, no. oh, I just feel, I feel like this is a terrible heterosexual tax. Yeah. I've said no to so many weddings mm-hmm. in this past like year it's only what is it February? Like yeah. it's like I've I've said no to so many weddings. So I'm like I can't afford it. Yeah, sorry oh, guys, it's expensive. So, Best of luck. Also, but I don't you know the whole you. thing is like well you know it's capitalism whatever. But so here's the thing with capitalism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I think we have to move on to our listener question. But uh, is there anything else you want to say about? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm you know much. any kind of expert or anything. So I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've covered it all and we never need to talk about it again. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, thank you so much for talking about it because, you know, these are topics that have come up throughout the the podcast, but we've never just like sat down and like, let's just it. really yeah. talk about it um, when it's such a huge part of the community. Right. It's yeah. like the, I feel like the foundation of lesbianism. <laughs> yes. Is like, you know, our, our butch heroes. Lies within the butch heroes for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Our listener question. And if you have a listener question that you want to submit, you can send it to dykingout at gmail.com. So my wife and I are newlyweds and are experiencing the longest dry spell that feels like it's turning into lesbian bed death. Oh, this is the first time we've gotten a lesbian bed death question. And I'm surprised it's taken this long. <laughs> Uh, we, we've been together for five years prior to getting married. Our wedding was incredibly stressful and our honeymoon was too due to family issues. I, I wish I knew more, but like, what, what did the family, I know what was the family issue? What were they invited? Yeah. So now we've been married for over a month and we still haven't been fully naked at the same time, despite running out of excuses. I know it's not because of how I feel about her or our relationship, but I feel so anxious when it comes to having sex now. I feel like every day we don't have sex hurts our relationship outside of therapy, which we're already attending. What can we do? Well, I think it's awesome that you guys are in therapy. That's a healthy thing. And I do think that couples, a lot of times they wait until things are terrible and bad to be going to therapy. And that's usually when it's too late. So any couple, no matter how happy you are, if this is someone you want to be with for a while, just general advice, I think it doesn't hurt to go to therapy. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. hundred percent. But this is tough. I mean, yeah. Lesbian bed death is uh, something that we're all afraid of. Yeah, what qualifies <laughs> like we haven't slept with each other in a while and lesbian bed death? Like, what? where's the line? You know what I mean? Is it like a week and you're like, whoa, we haven't slept with each other in a while? Or is it like two, three? I think like, lesbian bed death is like a year. Whoa. Well, and also like, what is the symbolism of? Because I think there's probably people who are, you know... I mean, I don't know, because a lot of the older dykes I know are fucking like crazy. But, <laughs> you know, like maybe people get to the point where like sex is not as important and is that lesbian bed death as long as it's okay and everyone's all right with it like it seems like maybe it's a symbol of something more than it's 
you know? Like, okay, sure. so what if you had lesbian bed death? What would that mean? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess there isn't really, like, a normal amount of time to be having sex with someone. It's just, like, whatever feels right to both people in the relationship. Or and, yeah. whoever's in the relationship. It, it's different for everybody. And I know I've read, like, statistically that relationships with two women have less sex than any other type of gender pairing. Yes. Really? Yeah. Just because... Our sex drives are just, I guess, a little bit lower in general, mm. I guess, that then when you have that times two, it's not like a huge difference or anything, but that can sometimes lend to it. I know for me, sex and like me being in the right emotional state and I have yeah. uh, when I'm like very stressed out to me, uh, sex is just like, I can't do this right now. I yeah. have all these other things yeah. stressing me out and I can't like let myself enjoy myself. So I've, I've had times definitely in relationships where I'm almost like paralyzed by other things and it doesn't have to do with the relationship. And then that becomes a stressor because then you're like, <laughs> like I was reading this. I'm like, I know exactly mm. how you feel where it's like now this has become a thing. Right. Because it, it's gone on so long and now it's added this extra it's layer and hurdle. Itself. Yeah. Right. To get over. My advice, I mean, you said you still haven't been fully naked at the same time. At least sleep together naked. Just sleep in the same bed naked. I think you could do baby steps. There, there are several ways. Masturbate, like laying next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take baby steps to it. I think that there's so much pressure that you need to just like diffuse it a little bit. It's like getting into a cold pool, you know, right. if, if you're not the jump right in type of person, just like dip your toes in. There, there are like fun ways you can do it. Like maybe if you're both nervous and you need to take the pressure, there are things like, uh, you know, novelty dice of just like one says lick and the other says kneecap or whatever. And then you play that and it, it's something that it's like, Oh, we're just doing what the dice says and it has nothing to do with us. And it takes it out of your control. I think that, yeah, that, that you guys are putting a lot of pressure on yourselves right now and you need something to let that pressure out and kind of make it seem not so so scary. I also think like the good thing too is like it doesn't seem like there's one person in yeah. in the party that's like we're not having sex. I can't. Yes. This is it. Like it seems like both of you are very, you know, anxious and on the same page. So yeah. just I think talking about it and being like especially with your therapist or with another party to sort of make sure that you're hearing each other just be like Maybe I'm crazy, but now this is a thing and I really want to sleep with you, but I also don't care what other people think or how it looks from the outside in. But I'm wondering if we're having a normal amount of sex, you know, just like being completely honest with what's on your mind. Yeah, communicating. You know, I'm married and I really love having sex with my wife and uh, it's great. Uh, Also, we're two very busy women and there are times (laughs) where we're not having as much sex as we would like to be having. And we talk about it and we check in and it's like, hey, we haven't had sex in X many days. Uh, Just making sure like it'll be like, oh, no, I've been exhausted. But yes, I I would like to be having. And then we're like, okay, we're on the same page. Like we are still very much attracted to each other. Still very much in love. We're just really tired right now. Right. Right. And you could be attracted to somebody and not. Like, even be able to have sex with them at the moment. You oh, know yeah, I mean? For yeah, many, yeah. many reasons. Sometimes your vagina's asleep. That's happened mm. to me before. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so turned on by you, but also, like, don't really want to have sex right now. And that's like, mm. you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. in a relationship, and it's very new. So everything is, like, extremely new. And I think the thing that kind of helps everything is just talking and being like, hey, I'm not really in the mood right now, but I still think you're fucking hot. And it's like, 
work. Cool. Great. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 But it's also like physical times in your life. I know like when I started menopause, like I just like, oh, wow, why? I do not want to have sex at all. Like I just felt differently, you know, it's just a physical change and people can go through periods of like physically, right? right. Stress can cause sure. it or whatever. So medications can, yes. can yeah. be a yeah. reason for that. Yeah. Uh, Stop taking certain oh. medications because I was like, <laughs> okay, oh I can't. I can't what? No. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather be sad. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think, you know, talking about it and just trying to do tiny things. And if you need to schedule times, like schedule physical times in your calendar to be intimate and not have intimacy mean sex, maybe it's like, okay, on Saturday at 8 p.m., we're just going to, like, make out for five minutes. Yeah. That's a long time to make out. But, like, be like you know, we're going to uh, just, like, commit to, to making out at this time. That's it. That's the expectation. Anything else is great. But, like, that's a hard one to fail at, right? Like, mm. you can schedule some time to make out. So, yeah. so little goals, break it down. You don't have to write the whole thesis in one night. Uh, and best of luck to you. I'd be and- curious if they're also being physically affectionate, like other kinds of physically affectionate, too. Yeah. If you can still maintain that, then you can maintain that connection. Too. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Worry. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, best of luck, listener. And uh, normally I like people to update us on their progress, but <laughs> this is private. So you don't have to tell me if you're having sex or not. Well, please let me know if you but licked your kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know if the kneecap was licked. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, where can people find you on social media and where can they get your album? So it's Kelly with an I, Dunham.com, K E L I D U N H am.com and same on Twitter and Insta and also not the gym teacher coming out February 7th. We didn't even place. talk about the title of that and how it relates to. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm, I work think in high school. Gym teacher everyone thinks I'm the gym teacher. That's yeah. it's, And it's fair. Aesthetic wise. I totally the real gym teacher is just so much cooler than me. I feel embarrassed for her. You know, <laughs> Like she's very cool. And I, you know, on the Harry Potter Lego set, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is available everywhere February 7th. Uh, and it's a fantastic comedy CD. I think people will uh, enjoy it. Well, not if they hate comedy, but if they don't hate comedy. If you don't like laughing, you won't like it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's a tag. <laughs> and for our New York Susans, you're having a release party, right? Uh, so there are. So February 8th, I'm having a release party at the Cat Cafe called Perfect. Live Comedy. Perfect. Get it? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's called Live Comedy, Live Cats. <laughs> I'm Courtney's sure it's... Kill me. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, it's essentially sold out now, so um, so you can't come to that. My but, ex will be there oh. crying, I'm sure. <laughs> like, Look at these yeah. cats. There's like 20 of them in there. She'd be crying. She'd be like totally soggy from crying. But uh, I'm doing a queer memoir, which is a storytelling show that I've been doing, yes, producing for 10 years. Amazing. And so we're kind of the next day we're doing a queer memoir that's themed gym teacher slash education. So that's something cool. lots of people can go to because it's a caveat. So, yeah, awesome. I, that's not sold out. And that's Queer Memoir is a monthly show at Caveat? Uh, it's monthly and it has been at Caveat because uh, they've been really good to us. Um, so it's in 10 years, it's been every place. We've even sure. done it like on the Q train. But yeah. uh, right now it's at Caveat uh, the second Sunday of the month. Um, yeah, it's like uh, New York City's longest uh, running um, and also like most really, really earnest, startlingly earnest storytelling, sh- uh, queer storytelling show. Cool. And Courtney, if people aren't following you, I don't know what their problem is, but remind them where they can find you. Uh, You can find me on the Instagram uh, at CourtRada, C-O-U-R-T-R-A-D-A. I'm on Twitter too, but mostly Insta. Facebook is for my mom. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
my Facebook is for everybody. Now you can find me at TGI Carolyn on all social media and follow us at Diking Out everywhere. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. There's dikingout.com. There's Facebook.com slash Diking Out. Just dike out every way you can. You can leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts. You can recommend us on Facebook. You can get exclusive content on Patreon, patreon.com slash Diking Out. You can get our merch at dikingout.com. There's so much, so many ways to dike out. And I'm plug, plug, plugging it away. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week. Thank you both, Kelly and Courtney, for diking out as well. Love it. Love diking out every day of my life, yes. especially today. So diking. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.